Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. The podcast helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars loss. Chicago Red Stars end out their eight-day, three-game match week with a loss to Houston Dash. They headed over to BBVA Stadium in Houston and lost this game 2-1. There's some things to talk about. Um, Red Stars play a certain kind of way and we enjoyed watching the game. We're going to talk about all kinds of things in between the lines. Couldn't do that alone. No one could never do anything alone. So I'm, I'm here today with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> You're good. I'm I'm good. You know what? You know what else is good, dude? Summertime in Chicago. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, the weather's great. I'm having a Some, great time outside. Yeah. Summertime in Chicago is pretty dope. And I thought, you know, it's really nice that. The weather has been so cooperative because it probably provided some really good vibes to, I don't know, head down to Texas and play a game in Texas heat. And um, I got to say, man, you know, I think in the preview of this match, we talked a little bit about um, going up against a dash team that was probably going to be pissed off. Right. And on the hunt for their their first win of the regular season. Um, and playing in a place like Houston that the team isn't unfamiliar with. You know, we've constantly heard uh, in the past and in, in games against Houston how one of the things you have to prepare for is, you know, the elements of playing in, in Texas heat, humidity sometimes. Um, and then on top of that, we were like, man, this is going to be the, the last game right at the end of the week. But some there were different vibes going into this game. Uh, Chicago was coming off of a win. They were coming off of their first regular season win, uh, coming off of some really great individual performances and somebody like Mallory Pugh. And um, we were like, you know what? The vibes are good heading into this game. Uh, maybe, maybe this team might pop off and, and put something together and close this, close this week out. And uh, in fairness to them, I, you know, I think we saw, especially during that first half, some really interesting play uh, from Chicago, but uh, why don't we get into these starting 11s and just start breaking it down a bit? Let's go with the guests. Or no, let's go with the hosts first. We're gonna we're gonna see how uh, Houston Dash lined up on this day. They had Jim Campbell in net. They had uh, Ali Prysock, Megan Oyster, Katie Naughton, uh, Alyssa Chapman, Shay Groom, Sophie Smith, Christy Mewis, Nichelle Prince, Rachel Daly, and Brie Vizali to run out the starting 11. And um, I think we said that we didn't want the midfield for the dash to have a good game on this day. Claire, what were your impressions of some of the starting 11? Yeah, well, um, both Chicago and Houston fully rested a midfielder for this game. Uh, Houston fully rested Christy Mewis. Uh, Chicago fully rested Danny Colaprico. So I think the coaches were of similar minds when they were – putting together their rotation plan for this week. And I mean, you could argue that the Mewis, the Mewis decision arguably lost Houston that game on Wednesday against the spirit. You know, they really missed her during that game and they did not put her in at all. Um, But yeah. So I thought, you know, Christy Mewis is going to be ready to go. It seemed like they had made some roster, those roster rotations decisions with this, the game that they circled of like, let's go win this one. Um, and it seemed like this is about as close to their choice 11. I mean, they, <laughs> the dash are making some signings this week. Um, 
one earlier this week, and it looks like maybe they're teasing the one we've all been expecting today. Um, and so I don't know if this is their choice 11, but uh, it's pretty close, I think. So this is pretty much close to, to full strength for them, I believe. Yeah, right on. I um, had the same same reactions uh, to that start to the starting 11. I was like, look at that, that midfield for Houston. I hope they do not have a, do not have a good game. And uh, I also took note of somebody like Ali Prysak, uh at outside back for this team. Um, they've been alternating a little bit uh, at that position for Houston. So I was like, okay, I was like, maybe it's the, the quick turnaround, right. Got to have player rotation and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, like maybe that can be something that uh, the Red Sox try to use uh, to their advantage, but they lined up as followed. Chicago had Alyssa Nair in net. It, uh, Casey Kruger, Kayla Sharples, Turner Davidson, and Sarah Gorda running off the back line. The looks like the back line is set. So that was a fun, uh, back line there. They had Danny Colaprico, Sarah Waldmo, Rachel Hill, Morgan Gatra, Mel Pugh, and Kalia Watt to run out their starting 11. But yeah, that was, initi- that was initially my, my first reaction to, to the starting lineup. I was like, yeah, that's, that's the back line. The back line is Gordon Davis and Sharples and, and, and Kruger right now. So that was big for me. Um, and honestly, Mel Pugh, always seeing her in the starting 11 is, is starting to, uh, you know, bring a smile to my face now that she's getting these, these regular appearances. Yeah. I mean, I think that, right. You know, they highlighted that she got a full 90 against Gotham last weekend. And, um, the fact that, you know, the minutes that she's consistently put together, she played 90 against Gotham. She played a half hour against Kansas city and then played what, like most of the match, right. Against, against Houston, like 85, 86 minutes, something like that. Um, so that, yes, that is, is, is impressive. And I think the thing that we'll talk about when we talk about the game itself is that it's not just that she can do it. It's that she can do it effectively and control and influence a match while playing more minutes in the last week than she's probably played professionally in a really, really long time. Um, yeah, that's the back line, which I think when you make those decisions to go with consistency, uh, despite the fact that they've got a lot of minutes on their legs. I think that it's a little bit of a trade-off, but one that I fully understand, um, especially because if you're giving Tierna Davidson sort of an extra element of responsibility in um, organizing everything, it doesn't help to have her having to work with a lot of different people. So I think that that is a a big part of it as well. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I think you look there's, I mean, there are some mismatches in Chicago's favor. I mean, we saw what Casey Kruger was able to do against Brie Vasali. Very effective. Yeah. Brie Vasali had a rough day at the office. All bad day. That's right. Exactly. So you, and I, and I think that that is promising is that really still, when you look starting 11 versus starting 11, that Chicago does have, mismatches against other teams where Chicago is, is the better team. So I think that that is a big positive. Um, what we saw was that Houston then directed a lot of play on the other side of the field, but, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I thought that the Chicago starting 11 was good. I thought that it was competitive. I thought that, I mean, it's the same, I think it's the same issues that we've seen, which is that you kind of know what's going to work and you know, what might work. And, you wish maybe looking at it, you're like, Oh, I know how all of this is going to work. You know, they got off to a quick start, man. 
I mean, yeah. we're talking about carrying the momentum, uh, you know, from a win, you know, trying to put, trying to string together strong performances, right? Mount Pugh comes out and gets a goal, an opening goal in this game for Chicago in the fourth minute of the match. And I mean, it was such a lovely, like well-executed type of goal, sort of seeing the buildup to it, the, the link up with, you know, starting with Kruger to Hill, you know, make Malpew just, man, getting her runs out there, making the most of her space, getting wide. Right. And then just carrying it, taking a shot, bottom right corner. It was very, lovely. yeah, lovely. very good goal. Really good goal. Um, well-placed, um, well won. Yeah. That whole sequence I think was, a mixture of like what Chicago does really well and what Houston sometimes struggles with, which is that right. Brie Solly gets dispossessed by Casey Kruger, who sends it up the wing to Rachel Hill. Jane Campbell comes out of her box to try to handle that ball. So she's like way out in Narnia <laughs> to try to get this ball. And it, her, her making that decision doesn't change anything except that, you know, when keepers do that, there's always that kind of element of, Oh gosh, what do I do now? And so, she doesn't successfully clear the ball gets sent across the field. Mal Pugh does great, even just to stop it from going out of bounds. And then from there, you know, she does what she does best. She takes the defense on, she places her shot. And I would say in general in the NWSL this year, we're seeing a larger scope of some strikers just like really struggling. I, without, with no Sam Kerr and no Kristen press in the league, you know, Alex Morgan's having a very good season so far. She's maybe the one exception. Um, you're just like, dang, like this, the strikers in this league are just like not clinical. There's a little bit of a striker vacuum right now. Um, but Mallory Pugh's beginning. She's filling it as well because she, she uh, moves with purpose in front of goal and, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was obviously great because you're dealing with whatever confidence issues Chicago might be having, especially this being their second game on the road. And they didn't even go home in between the Kansas City game and the Houston game. They just went straight to Houston. Um, great way to start, you know. Um, yeah. But then you're absolutely. like, well, you know, we've changed yeah. the game state. And then now what? You know? It does. That's exactly what happens. I mean, you know, you get a goal that early and it does a couple things to a game. You know, it could maybe demoralize the opposition and they kind of get themselves in a hole or it can sort of spark something and all of a sudden things get real kind of wild fast and honestly I mean that's that's a bit of the tone that it took you know Houston came right back and started to respond and this game was really kind of open and sort of back and forth in this first half between these two sides and I remember watching this match and sort of having the impression where I was like oh man is this going to be like the bangers kind of game like are we just going to get like banging goals is this going to be like a, a wild wild west shootout type of vibe um because we saw Nichelle Prince sort of being really really active for the dash in in response to to that early goal and getting really good looks in the final third and then really she could add two, but thankfully she only had one and she got the equalizer in the 18th minute. So a lot of first half action um, in this match. And it was just, my God, a Megan Oyster just like serves this up to, to Nichelle Prince and she just does the rest of the work and, and puts it away. I mean, kudos to both teams. They worked incredibly hard this whole game. Both teams really wanted this and um, they didn't look like they were playing their third game in eight days. They looked like they were 
two good teams with, with quality athletes who wanted to win. And so it was some real end to end action back and forth for at least the first 60 minutes of the entire match. I was impressed. I was like, hell, I don't have that in me, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that principle is either a good goal or a bad goal, the way you look at it. I mean, it was the power she got on it was really impressive. It obviously, you know, went rocket far post, all of that sort of stuff. You know, Nair got a hand on it. She wasn't expecting that to be a shot. I don't know if you say, you know, Nair has to be a little bit more aware on something like that. You have to understand the possibility of, of someone just taking a shot on goal. Um, also, you know, we see Shrosses go in from yep. time to time. They're weird by nature and they kind of freak a defense out. And that's sort of how, how they do their thing. Um, it was one of those things where it's like, that was a one in 20 shot probably. And it just went in and you have to look at, okay, well, maybe be more upset that she split the center backs, you know, five <laughs> minutes prior rather yep. than the fact that that one went in, you know? Yeah, it's true. That, that absolutely, absolutely happened. Uh, Claire, you made a mention about how this game maybe sort of felt a certain kind of way until about the hour mark. And uh, when these two teams like went into halftime, all tied up a one, one starting off the second half, we didn't really see, uh, any substitutions happening in this match to start off the second half. Both of the starting 11 sort of uh, got back out there to get another crack at it and to sort of, you know, pick up the game really where they left it off. And, and they did. Um, shout out to the Butcher. She's holding up to her name quite well because once that hour mark sort of approached, uh, Morgan Gutrow went ahead and earned her second consecutive yellow card uh, in the uh, NWSL regular season uh, for a foul. And um, we started to really see substitutions uh, sort of shift this game around a little bit right around the 68th minute when Houston sort of made their first um, uh, first moves of the game. And it was one of the moves was was for players that we've been talking about on the Houston side that maybe we there could have been some opportunities there for Chicago. Um, uh, Brevis Ali and Ali Prysock ended up coming out of the match uh, in the 68th minute and were replaced with Haley Hansen and Veronica Latko. And um, this Houston team, they they're the dash, man. They know what it's like to play in BBVA stadium. They know what it's like to play in Texas. They train in it, they play in it. Um, and their head coaches, you know, gone on record multiple times saying that like, they want that to be part of their culture. They want BBVA to be a difficult place to play in. And they want to have the elements really be something that is uh, an advantage for them within their matches and sort of have this ebb and flow in games and knowing when to sort of pull back a little bit and when exactly to turn it on. Um, and I think we started to see that in this match specifically towards the latter stages um, of the second half. Uh, and we really saw all of this sort of kind of come to play out as you go past the 80th minute and um, well, we saw Houston go up a goal. Yeah. I mean, before we get to the end though, I mean, I think we should talk about the 45th minute to like the 65th minute. Because, right on. Um, this is again, where we're taking like moral victories because Chicago yeah. lost this game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we saw in the challenge cup and we saw um, in some other, other games this season, maybe where, um, Chicago comes out of halftime looking a little bit flatter than they had in the first half, uh, which is not what you want, right? It's like the opposite yeah. of what you want. Yeah. And in fact, Chicago, we talked about this in the 2020 challenge cup too. 
this weird thing where they'd come out of the hydration breaks looking kind of disjointed and just something about the stop. I mean, maybe this explains, maybe this like fully explains the substituting theory, but um, (laughs) they come out of stoppages of play looking a little bit less sure of themselves than they do when given some time. And they did not do that in this game. They came out of halftime looking good. They had uh, a couple opportunities in the second half um, they did ultimately uh, have higher, neither, neither team made it to like a two goal XG, but Chicago's was higher than Houston's by the end of this match. Again, you think to yourself like, damn, this really should have been a tie, but um, you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone saw on Twitter, uh, Rory had some very specific things to say about the refereeing. Uh, there was probably a foul in the box again. I think the one thing about that though, is I'm not going to pretend that Chicago really has it worse than anybody else. A lot of people are not getting penalties this season. Um, but it's tough. It is tough, uh, that they were not able to get a go ahead goal. Um, because then ultimately they were not able to defend the point that they had. And so I think that it's, it's just a difficult thing. And I remember, and what, you know, I'll let Sandra, I'll them teeing this up for Sandra right now, but I remember watching this And, you know, we all have our group chats or whatever that we're talking in before, you know, while the game's happening. And I said, Chicago's done so well here. They look great. I am so afraid of the last 15 minutes of this game. (laughs) And then, loop, you know, it happens. So tell us about it, Sandra. Yeah, it's um, it's it's almost kind of tragic, right? Just because of how the game started and really sort of continued with with Chicago going toe to toe. It was very, very impressive. The work rate that they sort of handled this game with. Um, But we got to make note. I mean, we made note of it when we address the starting 11s and got to make note of it now because Christy Mewis got this game winning goal for Houston. So you're talking about a fully rested player and um, assisted by Sophie Smith. So you got your midfielders racking up this game winning goal. Um, comes off a set piece comes off of a set piece that Chicago don't know if it was just like we could just chalk it up to like a regular defensive breakdown don't know if you know something like fatigue is something that you really want to chalk it up to because again this this, we saw the wheels turning for for Chicago in this game Um, so I don't think there were a lot of moments in this match where you look at the Red Stars and you go they're tired I don't, I didn't have that reaction watching this game at all, which is one of the things that was most impressive Mm -hmm. for me as someone like who covers the team, watches the game, et cetera. So to sort of see this type of goal happen off of a set piece with like, just basically if it ended up being just like a failure to defend this set piece. And then just sort of like, just you watch it and you're just sort of like, how do you allow that to happen? It's also just the kind of thing that Christy Mewis is so good at, though. Yep, I mean, yep. it's just a weapon that the other team has. Um, and Chicago had done a decent job of nullifying Mewis the entire game. Yeah. And like Danny Colaprico, I thought, did a nice job. Did her job. Yeah, yeah. And it just, yeah, it's that. I mean, it really, it, I was. It, it was, I was gutted. I was really sad about that. Um, I felt bad for the, the team to be yeah. quite frank, just because of the performances that we, right, we exactly. saw them putting in and yeah. maybe, maybe the, um, on the sideline and the coaching staff, maybe they were saying the same things or had the same feelings because, you know, there were no substitutions for the starting 11, um, 
in this Houston match, it didn't take place until after this goal had occurred. Though they were planned for before the goal. Like it's one of those, again, one of those sort of bad luck moments where they had been planning the sub. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just sort of watching your team take their, they're taking care of business essentially. So you're maybe not making those sub. you're not trying to disrupt their flow and what, and what they're doing. But, you know, unfortunately this set piece goal happens and then you got to try to, to chase a little bit. So, um, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, Donnie, I Wright, Luber, <laughs> Katie Johnson coming in at stoppage time, not enough time to make any impact whatsoever, but I do um, love that they subbed on every forward on the yeah, bench. Though. <laughs> just, just see what happens. Yeah. Just to see you, just yeah. to see what happens. Um, you know, because at that point, up until that 83rd minute goal for Houston, it really did feel like that. It really just sort of felt like, you know what, if they get a draw out of this game, if they get if they get a point on the road to close up to cap off this type of week, feels like a solid week, right. honestly. Um, so you know, you're you're going back home to Chicago to face North Carolina Courage on, you know, undefeated essentially in, you know, three games with two draws and a win. That feels like very, that feels like a very traditional start to a, what a typical Red Stars regular season For is. For sure. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, instead of that, it, you're looking at it and you're just kind of like, oh, it's just kind of inconsistent and uh, hope that they kind of can turn it around again. Um, but I think to sort of close out this match and this loss, that's sort of what we're looking at. We're just sort of looking at these individual performances that kind of stood out in a game like this. Um, because we've heard it from players in the past. We've heard it, you know, all week this week with multiple teams who have had quick turnarounds and, you know, three game week or th- uh, three match days and in, 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 uh, three match games in eight days um, and how difficult that is to be able to sort of put that on your body. Um, so to see these performances coming out, was, it was that's kind of the silver lining. Um, we were talking a bit off mic and sort of looking at each line, whether it's a top line or the midline or the back line and players like Casey Kruger, Morgan Gutra, uh, Mal Pugh are standout players for us. Uh, looking at the games that they had over this week and especially in this match against Houston, it's just like you're looking at those players and you're like, if I have to look at this entire 18 to 24 person roster for Chicago, who are the three best players right now? I think you're picking those three. Yeah. I mean, I think I, it is one of those things where, you know, it gets overshadowed by the results, but you know, Casey Kruger is, is being asked to really do a lot. Um, not only locked down defensively, but she's clearly being tasked with assisting the attack as well. Um, and we talked about this last or two games ago where, um, she tends to get put on the most active side of the field um, because she's trusted to really lock it down. And both she and Sarah Gordon are being encouraged to not only um, send the ball forward, but to advance the ball forward. And so they're putting a lot of miles in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we saw, we saw another Casey Kruger classic over the weekend. Um, thought that was great. Morgan Gatra. I mean, I, you know, I, I've said this, I think both Morgan Gatra and Mallory Pugh are playing at us women's national team level right now. I think that they are um, doing an exceptional job. They're very, very good players. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think that all of that stuff is really good. It's like all the similar stuff we were talking about the Kansas city game, like the, the players that have been playing well also played well in this game. You know? Yeah. I, so, th- yeah. I I think if you're looking at like uh, 
like bigger picture type stuff where we talked about we're just like yeah like these three players are very good players and they're standout players for the Red Stars right now and watching a player like Mount Pugh sort of uh, continue her development and sort of have these kind of like statement type games for Chicago um, really just sort of reminding like everybody watching that like she's back man and that sort of feels like the beginning of something really, really special. And it just sort of, and in the meantime, it just sort of kind of sucks. And it's happening in kind of a bit of an inconsistent start here to the season. Yeah, I think, right. I mean, I think if there's a big comforting thing out of these last three games, you know, maybe if we're pretending that they did get a point out of this Houston game, is that um, there was a lot of, from us as well, you know, hand-wringing about the roster quality for Chicago. And I think you watch the last three games and you're like, well, no, they're competitive with, with a lot of teams in this league. They're, they're absolutely competitive with Gotham, absolutely competitive with Kansas city, absolutely competitive with Houston player for player. Um, the, the good players on this team are still quite good and they're actually better than, than other people, you know? And, and so that, that kind of fear of like, oh my gosh, like what's happening with the players themselves. I think that we've seen that's been refuted, right? And so now it's like, okay, great. Glad that we don't have to have massive roster panic, but how, how do you turn that into in this? They are not alone in this. There's a couple of teams. I mean, Houston, when we talked about this, like Houston hasn't really played well and won, right? Washington hasn't really played well and won. They've been winning games, but those games that they've been winning have still come from pretty inconsistent performances. Um, Chicago's not alone in things still not fully clicking, but um, it just is when you are the team that is not kind of grinding out those points in addition to having things not click, you're like, well, you know, you got to kind of, I was saying this to Sandra before we started and, and this is just a feeling. It's not really a fact, but I think that there is room to have to work through things and maybe struggling on some ends and excelling at some ends. And then there's room to kind of have some bad luck and, sometimes when you have a little bit of both you're like damn can like can our struggle games and our bad luck games just like all happen at once and then can we like move on you know so i don't know that'd be that'd be sick that'd be really nice to have right now i agree because i mean claire we got to look ahead and preview and chicago's coming back home they're they're gonna host north carolina courage at cq stadium in bridgeview and um you just sort of take a look at the week they just had, and then you sort of look at their opposition and the game that they just had. And I think we're left with a lot of, again, an episode where we're closing out with a lot more questions uh, than answers, right? Uh, because we're looking at the opposition and here's what we know. We have a lot of answers. We know that Sam Buis has returned back to North Carolina Courage and has absolutely redefined what that midfield sort of looks like and what they can be. Uh, Davinia is a very, very good player and for some reason gets stronger and more powerful alongside Sam Mewis. And uh, this team decided to put up uh, a huge, huge amount of goals and uh, got a five goal win against racing Louisville FC uh, to sort of take into their next match against Chicago. So there's a lot of uh, questions, like I said, question marks and a lot of uh uh-ohs, honestly, Claire, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, we know that Chicago historically plays North Carolina pretty well. Um, I think that 
North Carolina is definitely on an upswing. I think that they not only are starting to execute a little bit better, but they've had that sort of re-infusion of talent. Um, Dabinia is arguably the, if not, you know, argue one of, but if not the best midfielders in the world. Um, and I don't know. I mean, North Carolina has had their own inconsistencies, but again, like you said, they, um, are able to get points out of them, even with inconsistent performances. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe Chicago, (laughs) maybe Chicago, you know, can pull an Orlando here, but, um, I think, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to project too much negativity onto it because I think as we've seen Chicago can absolutely surprise us. Um, I just, it's more just like, I don't really, I don't really know. I have no, I, I have no predictions for this. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. There's also just like a different uh, type of preparation heading into a week like this. I mean, it's, right. it's a regular match week. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's no midweek matches. There's nothing like that. It's like, you know, they, they wrapped up Sunday against, against right. Houston and, and now they're looking ahead to, to June 5th. Well, uh, and, 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 and yeah. And I think that one thing you also have to acknowledge is that Chicago probably actually got a chance to like, train this week and work on things as opposed to last week where you're just trying to survive. Um, so I'm sure that that, I'm sure that, you know, they've compiled a lot of game tape over the last three games and now they can finally start working through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing with North Carolina as always is, um, you just, you just hope that they're not going to spend the entire game defending essentially. Yeah, it'll be um it'll be interesting to see. I think these two teams always they they've had a his they've had a history against each other, and there's a narrative there where it's like they go toe to toe pretty pretty well. But you know, I don't um I'm not too. I mean, these are these are two teams who are with histories that kind of look and feel a little bit different. You know, there's there's a different look and feel to North Carolina as they're sort of making adjustments with some of the um, off season. Uh, player players that they've lost over the offseason. They you know, also then, recently got Abby Urseg back from injury, and we know yeah. how much she loves to play Chicago. Yeah, we know how much she loves to play Chicago. And Carson Pickett, we're talking about Casey Kruger, but Carson Pickett is outstanding for them at outside back. There were huge question marks about, like, what is their outside back uh, position going to look like with somebody like Merritt Mathias finally worked her way back from the ACL injury or losing somebody like Jaden Daniels. It turns out Carson Pickett said, I got this, you know, so she's been doing very, very well for them. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite the match. Uh, hopefully it is like one of those traditional Chicago, North Carolina matches where they just sort of go head to head and, you know, the team sort of put together a good, uh, good game. And hopefully Chicago just either come out on top and, or maybe just try to get a result out of this one. But I will say, um, I think if I'm looking at this match and I'm looking at North Carolina, I would, um, I would really love for the midfield to just not do the things that they do uh, against Chicago. And if I'm Chicago, I think I'm looking for Mal Pugh to just continue her, her active, active, active movement on and off the ball in this match. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to hope that both North Carolina's forward line and their midfield line are going to have bad shooting days. (laughs) Um, I mean, classic stuff, right? Uh, Chicago's got a box North Carolina out. They got to reduce them to long range low quality shots they need to this is again you know we know this it would have been it would be helpful to have julia Ertz for this one um if you're gonna go player for player in the middle of the field um i mean yeah i mean we've been saying this forever but you know maybe you know it might the thing here's the thing is that if chicago goes out with the 433 on this one either it'll be totally fine because they can possess around the box 
or it's going to be a, it's going to be really bad. And so what I don't know is, do you just say, we're going to go with the four, three, three, we're going to excel at what we do. And this game is going to be fine. Cause we've seen Chicago problem solve through North Carolina's midfield before, but do you also say, okay, we kind of tried to do that against Portland and it didn't work. So I don't, I don't know. I really, really don't know. You know what, man? Andrew, tell me, tell me what's going to happen. <laughs> Fuck it, man. The butcher's going to get another yellow. And guess what? Sure, We're going to yeah, bring in Nikki Stanton in the yeah, 75th right. minute to go get two more. Uh-huh. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome back Nikki to Stanton the had like 100% season. passing accuracy of her like seven passes against Kansas City. And I said, you know what? That's great. Good for her, man. Yeah. We're good for her. We again, we like to close things out with all the with the good things. We like to close things out with the silver linings. Oh, folks, if you um if you've enjoyed what we provided for you here today, I just want to let you know that uh, there's a multitude of ways to to go ahead and continue your support of Southside Trap, and you can do that uh, directly on our Patreon. Please go ahead and find a subscription that works for you. And uh, we have one starting at two dollars all the way to twenty five dollars. We understand that times are hard for everybody. So if there's supporting financially is not something that you're able to do, I just want to let you know that you can go ahead and support us uh, via social media, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, leave us a like, rating, uh, subscribe. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're continuing to uh, produce Chicago Red Stars content for you. So we will be back. Um, next week, hopefully, to discuss the Chicago Red Stars win against North Carolina. We will see. In the meantime, everybody continue to make smart choices. Wash your hands, wash your faces, wash your everything, wear masks, get vaccinated when you're able, and uh, continue your support of Black players and Black life. Everybody, take care. <laughs>